0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? Jeff Kasouf here, founder of Equalizersoccer.com. Thank you for listening to the Equalizer Podcast. This week, we're bringing you a special episode a episode of Kickin' Back with Vlatko Andonovsky, head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, which is in camp for the first time in seven months. Kickin' Back is a podcast that I host each week, speaking one-to-one with personalities from across women's soccer, players, coaches, TV analysts, administrators you name it so really interesting fun pod kicking back we dropped the g on it if you're searching for it you can find it on any podcast platform that you use anywhere you're listening to this you'll find kicking back so please go ahead and subscribe we've got interviews on there already with jill ellis becky sauerbrunn beverly yanez ali wagner crystal dunn you name it and you'll find it there. So, really excited to bring you this episode with and Andanovsky. And we'll be back with the regular Equalizer podcast moving forward. But go ahead and enjoy this episode of Kicking Back. Jeff Kasouf here on the latest episode of Kicking Back. Uh, really excited to bring you this special episode with U.S. women's national team head coach Vladko Andanovsky. Vladko, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, appreciate you coming on. And, um, you know, we've we've got the news of the hour, I guess. We've got another U.S. national team camp, first one in, in over seven months at this point. Um, you know, I'm just curious how you've dealt with this year. How have you adapted? I mean, you're coming up during this camp will be the one-year mark to the day since you're hiring. Uh, I guess was reported, maybe not announced, but, you know, one year on the job, and it can't be the year that you ever could have predicted, right?
1: I mean, who could have predicted a year like this? Uh it's uh, it's been crazy it's been strange uh but uh in sa- in the same time uh we all found found a way uh different ways to uh, to get through this and uh and uh and use this opportunity to to get to get better in different ways
0: yeah i imagine like the best laid plans right now this international break probably would have been uh you know a few more games on the gold medal victory tour would have been the hope right so um, <laughs> that, that was a goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, first camp in, in over seven months, obviously these are, you know, world-class players. They've many of them anyway, have played together a bit of a, a hybrid kind of roster with the circumstances going on. But, um, you know, where do you start from, from having this kind of a year? Do you, is it like a preseason getting to know you type of thing? Do you dive right back into tactics you press paused on seven months ago? It's a, it's a
1: combination of uh, everything. So first and foremost, we all want to get everyone, uh, get everyone, get everyone back and uh, create a uh, create a good, safe and a healthy environment. And uh, then, uh, once st- one step at a time, we're gonna we're gonna use uh, this camp to evaluate some players, to uh, analyze some players, and give uh, and uh, help them uh, help them out with the, with their development and. Uh, In the same time, uh, we're going to use this uh, opportunity to get physically and tactically prepared for the next step.
0: And I think we saw, I mean, certainly um, a good mix of players, four college players and and a bunch of um, uncapped or or returning players, you know, players who haven't been in the mix. Um, it, It seems like, you know, I guess this naturally makes sense because, I mean, we'll talk about your journey a little bit, but, you know, seven years in, in the NWSL coaching that you would obviously value league play. And there wasn't a lot of it, but it seems like, you know, league play was rewarded this year in some of these call-ups.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. We have you know, three groups uh, of players or what we classify as three groups of players. The first group is uh, the one that uh, – it's a group of players that have been in the national team camp that they, they have uh, lots of caps. I mean, we, you know, some of them are over hundreds or – uh, hundred of caps, uh, and then uh, the the second group of players is the players that perform well in NWSL, uh, NWSL uh, Challenge Cup, and the NWSL Fall Series, and some of them even uh, consistently performing well in the NWSL over the years. And the third group of player uh, of players is uh, the one that uh, have done well for our youth national teams, uh, whether it's under 23 or under 20.
0: What's the communication process been like for you this year? I know you're, um, you, you know, you are a big film guy. I know we're, we're joking about it a lot, but you're watching it, you know, nonstop. Maybe there weren't quite as many games. I don't know if you dug into the archives more this year, but, um, you know, were, were you trading clips with players? How are you kind of keeping in touch and keeping maybe, you know, invaluable touch with, you know, talking things you want to see or feedback?
1: Yeah, so there were so many things that uh, we were able to do, and uh, we were doing things that probably some uh, sometimes we, would, we were not going to do if the pandem- pandemic didn't uh, didn't hit. And uh, that's uh, not just with players, but also with uh, things that we did with the coaching staff. But um, we started with uh, the, our um, team tactical principles or the game model and how we see how we envision this team to play. And, uh, what would be the best version of this team, uh, going forward? So we, we broke that down in, uh, numerous, uh, numerous videos and we shared that with the players. It's not that we share, we presented to the players and, uh, in, uh, uh several, uh, several meetings. Then from there, we went into the positional profile. So we broke down all the po- positional profiles and were able to, to explain, uh, to, Every player on the team, what uh, what the player in her position should or would look like, and that's not just the players on the on the team. That's the, every player on the, uh, that uh, that is in the pool that has uh, ever been um, uh, in camp since uh, January first, but also players that were that are in the pool for the under twenty three, under twenty, and uh, under seventeen. And then uh, from there um, we started going into some indi- individual or specific videos for the for the players, and then uh, the Challenge Cup hit. So that that was when we started uh, started evaluating players from the Challenge Cup, and uh, I uh, at some point I don't know if I explained with the Challenge Cup uh, again there were. Uh, we were there to watch, obviously, evaluate players, but we were also there to analyze the players that are already in the pool. So the players that are already in the pool, they were not getting evaluated. They were more getting analyzed uh, and to to see what is it that they're doing or not doing and how can we help them through videos, phone calls, uh, Zoom calls so, or anything so they can uh, furthermore uh, develop. And then uh, the fall series... Uh, and some other uh, some other um, videos and uh, needless to say i mean uh, we have a group of players that are playing internationally so they uh, they opened up a little bit of work for us too which is awesome
0: yeah i wanted to talk about the challenge cup briefly because it was a unique experience for you as i understand that you know i think people don't realize i mean maybe it was an adjustment for you going from club to international that you only get these really small windows with players, and there's not a lot of training time, even in a normal year. Never mind a pandemic year. And um, at the Challenge Cup, you basically got to almost like a, a college campus of practices that you could kind of roam around to and see. You know, what she, what is she doing in that five v two drill? Is she focused on that finishing drill? Is that kind of what it looked like for you?
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. Uh, we 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 didn't think much of the trainings going into it. We were so excited about the games because we th- there were no games for several months. So just the fact that we're going to be able to see 25 games in one month, uh, we were we we're so excited and uh, prepared. And uh, our analytic department uh, built this platform so we can uh, easily evaluate and uh, and share uh, uh, share. Um, our thoughts uh, between the between the staff whether we're, whether we 're in person or uh, remotely, and then uh, just uh, kind of organized uh, helped us to organize everything uh, and made, made the whole job a little bit uh, simpler and easier but then when we when we went there and uh, and uh, we were provided the opportunity to see the practices I, I mean that was probably one of the most exciting months. Uh, that the, the we had or most exciting things that um, jobs that, that that we had is because uh, we were literally able to see sometimes up to, up to three practices a day and uh, then we would see a game uh, maybe next day or two games uh, next day so the way the practices were scheduled uh, and the way they were uh, laid out was we could... Uh, we uh, we could see the players we could see the teams but we could see the players and because we already knew exactly where we uh, evaluating uh, every every coach that was there had a different person or a different uh, different player that was evaluating we could go and watch that person in in training for a couple of times and then see uh, see what was asked from her what were the tests that she was uh, fulfilled and how she reacted or how she prepared for the game and how that uh, how how she was able to implement all of that on uh, on training on the, on, the, on the game so all, all of that was just an exciting process and uh, made the devaluation a little bit more detailed a little bit deeper and uh hope and uh, we we hope that uh, all of that helped us uh, make the right decision
0: is training a place where you can discover a player so to speak i mean you, you know these players in the league but you know maybe a player who wasn't on your radar from limited game action but you say wow I mean she's incredible in training I just haven't seen her in minutes in the game or is that I mean that seems like maybe a big jump to get to the international level or yeah
1: so it is something that we 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 see I wouldn't say necessary it's uh, something that we see and we say okay that's the person we should look at for international level but we do we do see uh, players um, uh, players ability to uh to learn and how coachable she is, how how fast she processes information from uh, from coaches, uh, from training to to the field. Uh, we see the the discipline on training, the the hard work, dedication, commitment. I mean, uh, her mentality and uh, you know her uh, ability to work with others. So all of those all, all of those traits uh, are something that we we were evaluating, we were looking at, we were taking notes and. Uh, And then, uh, obviously, going to the games, we wanted to see how they translate.
0: One thing I want to ask you quickly, too, on communication. You mentioned this on uh, the the media conference call the other week. Um, You said there's – I don't know if this is just for the pandemic here. This is kind of the setup. There's five layers of communication of – you said coach-to-coach coach and physio-to-physio. And physio
1: is- yes. So the, the way we communicate, everything starts uh, from Kate to uh, the organization's GM. Uh, so she uh, starts the uh, communication and lays down the, the, the process. And so far, we've had a great communication with every club, whether it's in uh, in U.S. or uh, uh, abroad. Uh, uh, we, we start with, uh, like I said, GM to GM, and then head coach to head coach. Which uh, for me, it's a little bit easier, uh, easier communication when it's in US. Uh, but uh, I have to say, in England and uh, in, uh, in Sweden, we, we've had a, a great uh, response from the coaches, great communication, and uh, uh, we. It, it seems like uh, I mean, it, it's a little bit easier when we when we all have the same thing in mind. The better the players, uh, so they can help the teams. And uh, then it goes to medical staff to medical staff, uh, high performance coach to high performance coach, and then uh, anal- uh, performance analysis uh, and analytics to performance analytics. So, all of those uh, all of those uh, departments are communicating uh, on as, as need basis. Uh, if the player has a, a small injury, the, the, the medical department is on constantly. And uh, if uh, we're preparing for a camp, the high performance uh, coaches are uh, on. Uh, as, as much as possible they're getting the data so we know, we know exactly what level of um of uh, preparedness that the, the players are coming in and uh the analytics uh usually they come in uh, after every game with uh, videos uh, regular videos uh, technical videos and individual uh, clips
0: that sounds meticulous which i know i know you like to be so um well I, I want to talk about your your journey um and I think people are interested and in, and in maybe have read a little bit of it you know in pieces, but I think it would be good to to kind of talk about um in your in your words I'll give the kind of brief you know uh recap very brief. you, I guess. you, you, could...
1: you know you know it pretty well I, mean, <laughs> I, I trust you uh, doing a, a, a brief
0: uh... well yeah i guess yeah i guess the the one two sentence version i mean you came you know you grew up in in North Macedonia, formerly Yugoslavia, came to the U.S. in 2000, you know, around the turn of the the millennium to, to play indoor professional soccer, um, which I, we could probably do a whole podcast on the wild world of indoor soccer. Um, I've got, I know we got. I went to school in Utica. We got a Utica team that's doing well, or what? I don't know what the season looks like right now, but um, you know, but you soon kind of go down that coaching route. Um, you're coaching. You coach indoors, um, indoor pro. You coach youth soccer. What, what drew you? I mean, we can talk about the indoor craziness if you want. But, but what drew you to to the coaching side?
1: I mean, even even while while I was a player, I was always one of those uh, uh, kids that was uh, annoying on on the field, uh, and I was always the one that wanted to organize something, that wanted to do something different, and I always had an idea how we could. Uh, Outplayed the other team. Well, you know, while the other the other kids were like, just looking at me, like, come on, just throw the ball and uh, play on. But uh, I knew that I wanted to be a coach early on in my career when I was a player. Just uh, it was just fascinating to me that uh, you know some coaches that I had would uh, come up with idea that uh, would outsmart the other team, and so I always thought like, okay, can can I as a player think about something and tell my tell my teammates or you know share with the coach? So. That was, uh, that's how everything started, and then uh, as I was getting towards the end of my career, that, uh, that became uh, more and more realistic, and uh, I started coaching youth soccer, and from there on, uh, continuing, uh, continuing moving forward.
0: And I imagine I mean when you did you know what you're getting into when you came over to play indoor with I mean it's not even like you know you got board, field boards and uh, like it's some people are like that's not really soccer I mean it obviously is but
1: no it's uh, it's funny because uh, the, the first time I got called it was uh, my uh, my buddy Dino Delewski who is an indoor legend uh, when he first called me uh, to, come, to come over and play we we had a conversation so uh i you know i was doing well um, back home and uh he you know he told me to come over so i was kind of thinking like oh i'm not sure and in the conversation he never mentioned that, the, the the indoor with boards because we we don't have it back home. So in, in one point he said, yeah, it's it's awesome. You're gonna love it. You know you have the ball constantly like as a defender. You're you're like a, a point guard. You know so you organize everything. So you know he knew what is gonna draw uh, draw me to come over. And then he mentioned that you know there's boards so it's constant play. It's like, what do you hold on? Like you have boards on the field. He goes, yeah, yeah, you yeah, have boards around. Like you want me to tell everyone here that I'm gonna I'm not gonna play soccer here anymore and I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go uh overseas and play soccer with boards. I'm like how am I gonna explain that to my dad and my brother to start off with and then, and my family and then uh and then go uh and furthermore to everyone else. But um I came in off-season, uh, it was an off-season for, Mas- uh, for the Macedonian League and came here and I just absolutely loved it. I, I loved the, the, the game, loved, the, uh, loved, loved uh, everything about it, loved the lifestyle and I was like, okay, this is where I see myself uh, for the future.
0: Yeah, so so eventually or for a significant amount of time there, Kansas City, you're in, you know, with the Comets and then shifting into that, that coaching role. And I'm abbreviating a little bit to get, I guess, to the FC Kansas City part, which is, you know, the start of the NWSL 2013 kickoff. You know, I, I know that you know this and I'm not saying anything new or, or, you know, Kansas City was announced as one of the teams and everybody was kind of like, you know, who is that because there were some former WPS teams. Um, and then I know, you know, and probably took it maybe as a chip on the shoulder, you know, you were new to the, the women's side, the, you know, maybe the pro coaching ranks to some degree outdoors, I guess. And, you know, everybody kind of was like, what is Kansas city? Who is this? Right. And, and I don't know if that drove you a little bit, but I, I think the, um,
1: Yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> no, I do. I, I do remember that because, uh, first, uh, I was I was a little bit uh, kind of mad, It's like oh you know look at all the you know what what are people saying? But then I I had Hugh Williams uh, um, w- with me, who who's, who's been a great mentor to me throughout the years, and uh, he sat down with me and said, okay, let's be realistic. Who are you? Like why are you getting mad? Like you you shouldn't be mad. Like who are you? What have you done? Like you you ha- you haven't you haven't done anything. Until you prove it, you're nobody. So get your butt to work, okay? You have, work, you have some work to do. I mean, that, that was exactly how it happened. And, you know, it made me think, like, you know what? He's right. Who am I? But uh, that's the that's mentality that I, that I went into with, uh, okay, I understand and I accept it. I'm nobody, but thank you for the opportunity to, uh, so I can prove everyone what I can do. I mean, that, that, was, the, that was the mentality. That was the mindset that I went into.
0: And you had a little bit of that, um, I mean, you needed that preparation because, you know, you had to do some of that convincing, I guess, on, on getting that job. It was, you know, a, a big sort of a presentation, I guess, right. To, to kind of convince them that you were ready for, you know, this, this new leap.
1: Yes. I mean, uh, the presentation was, uh, very thorough and, uh, it was an interesting, uh, presentation. I mean, and, and I didn't know that much about uh, women's soccer at the, at the time, so for me it was uh, interesting because uh, uh, it was fun. It was different, and I got to know the game and I got to know the, the teams, the, the the landscape of uh, of women's soccer around the world. Uh, so it was uh, it was very detailed, very thorough, fun and exciting, and it was an exciting moment just presenting it. And uh, I I went I went into it with the mindset that I'm gonna get get better out of this uh, out of this interview. So if I get the job, that's great. But if not, I'm gonna learn everything about women's soccer. So for me, it was just a learning opportunity.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, a great kind of point just to like really emphasize that you know that's basically December 2012, late 2012, and and you're you know basically coming in blind on on women 's pro soccer, I guess, as he said, and, and eight years later, well, nine years or seven, sorry, you know by the time you get the job you're you're the coach of the u s national team, two time defending world cup champs and and you know top team in the world, and no pressure uh, but you know <laughs> that's a that's a steep you know climb in, in a short amount of time, which I, I don't know how much you reflect, but i mean it's it's pretty incredible from the outside.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm uh, I'm very thankful for uh, for the whole uh, journey and thankful for uh, to do, for the people that I've been blessed to to work with uh players some great players some great names uh people that have helped me along the way uh, some great staff members uh, whether it was Kansas City or Seattle even now on the on the national team uh, climbing that uh, um, climbing the mountain or the the journey uh, it's not easy and it's not possible to do it by yourself. It's just, it's just, it's just impossible to do it by yourself. You need a group of people to surround yourself with that are going to push you, they're going to help you, they're going to carry you at times. And you need a group of people to, to that believe or will trust the, the whole process and the whole journey. And uh, I'm just thankful for all the people that were with me along the way.
0: Yeah. I mean, early success there in, in Kansas city, um, FC Kansas city, I'd say 2013, that first year, you know, had a, a very distinct style right away. And then 2014, 2015, um, you, you win back to back championships and championships. Um, and, and both of those years, particularly 14 where, you know, Seattle, who you'd go on to coach later was, you know, a bit of a barnstorming team, 16 games unbeaten, uh, run and, you know, to start off that season. And, uh, met them in both finals. I'm wondering, you know, are there are there moments along the way, not just those years, but maybe those those early seasons, um, that that you're kind of most proud of? Anything tactically, even that you say, you know, that was a, a big moment for me, even if it doesn't stand out on the score sheet.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there are a few moments that definitely defined uh, uh, my my career or helped me along the along the way. And I'll say the first one is uh, even though it's a memory that I want to forget uh, maybe, it, it's something that I know that it helped me so much. Uh, and I always say if we won that game, we were not going to win 2014 and 15. And that was the game in the semifinal against Portland at home. And uh, we were up 2-0, lost the game 3-2. And uh, I was so disappointed. I mean, uh, I can't tell you how disappointed I was that uh, to the point where I I mean, I promised myself uh, that I'm going to watch every game that we played and find what is it that we can get better from every game going into 2014. And uh, furthermore, I mean, you know, we went into 2015. But that was the game that uh, actually allowed me to to dig a little bit deeper in the game, dig a little bit deeper into the team to see – how can we win this what can we do to win what are we what are we missing where we where we are where we are off and what are the little things that we can get better at uh, to to get over the line and uh the 2014 we started with a meeting uh uh, with the first meeting, that and, and I told and uh, I told the team uh, there were the, the things that we were missing. Obviously, were from different natures, but uh, part of it was my mistakes. There were things that I didn't see that I didn't that I could have done better. So I went into the meeting and I said, "2013 is on me," and uh, and I apologize for that but i 'm not going to let that happen. I promise you that uh in two thousand and fourteen that will not happen, and we're going to win this thing and uh, Obviously, there were so many things that we had to do, and the players did that uh, that uh, just helped us win in two thousand and fifteen the same way but uh, i I think that was one moment that kind of defined or uh, defined uh, my my future in n w l and then uh, winning two thousand and fourteen, I think that was uh uh that was a very good tactical game uh i, I can see you know from uh from my standpoint and we almost played the same game uh in training several times like this is how the game is going to go moment by moment minute by minute uh obviously we were playing it or uh or rehearsing it uh and in a way that we can win the game, we knew what is going to be the first uh, 20 minutes. We knew the, what is going to be 20 to 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes for, to 45 minute. Like we, we were expecting and We were even expecting what is going to happen the, the last, uh, uh, last 15 minutes. Not to that uh, extent because, I mean, we were, uh, you know, we were, uh, uh on the on the line the the last few moments of the game i don't know how we survived we knew it's gonna be crazy but not that crazy but uh still uh those are you know few games that uh that were very interesting that i will always uh always remember
0: yeah no that that 2014 final incredible moment i think with uh if you, if you haven't seen it google a couple of quick highlights of the the lauren holiday still lauren chaney at that point i think lauren yeah. chaney uh spin turn to, to beat three defenders as she kind of shimmied around them and find Amy Rodriguez um, for, you know, one of the, they were were incredible.
1: I mean, you know, the the moment of magic that those two had was just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of coaches listen to this too. I'm I'm glad you brought up um, 2013 and that, that semifinal against the Thorns is kind of a, an improvement point. Cause I want to ask you, you know, it's, as much as we're talking about this sort of steep climb to, to this place, it obviously didn't come without, you know, learning points and, and miniature setbacks of sorts. And you, you mentioned that 2013 final, I was trying to dig out, uh, not the bad stuff, but just stuff that, you know, stood out. And I keep remembering 2014, there was that game, which I think I remember you just saying, I'm curious what your mindset was. You guys went to Portland and lost seven, one in Providence park you know, only a couple months before you won that first championship. I think you might have went close to unbeaten from there or, or um, yeah. you know, but, but 7-1, I mean, that's a, you know, a rivalry of sorts that was developing because of that semifinal. And I, I yeah. kind of recall you just saying, let's wash our hands, you know, we're moving on and, and you did.
1: Yes. So uh, the mindset was obviously we lost 7-1. So now I have two choices. I can go in uh, in the locker room and yell and scream, and uh, the players get down even more. Or I go and say, "Listen, don't worry. This is not who we are. This is not the. the this is not a reflection of us as a team. Let's move on. Forget about this game. We have a next game to play." Obviously, I I didn't go with that mindset. I went back in the room. I was like, "Why did we lose seven-one?" How did it happen? What did we do wrong? What did you go wrong, right? So then, uh, you know, I started analyzing because I knew that one point, if we get in the playoff, Portland is going to be there. So whether it's semifinal or final, we're going to have to meet them. And the 7-1 game is going to be the starting point for me preparing for Portland. And uh, again, we go into semifinal, Portland, and uh, we were able to to beat them 2-0. so, yeah, it is uh, it is interesting moment, uh, and I do remember that. Uh, there, I mean, there there's so many other moments uh, with Portland that I remember, but um, it is a uh, it it was a moment uh, another moment that I that was a negative uh, when you looked from the side. But I took it as positive. For me, it was another learning opportunity. You know, throughout the throughout the journey, I was trying to get better as much as possible. And uh, I was just, I wasn't just looking at the winning and losing and and, uh, and the results. And if we did if we did bad, it's because uh, oh we 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 just didn't have a good day. Or if we did good, it's like oh we were so good. It was every every game was a different learning opportunity. Why did we do so good? And why why we were as, as bad or why would why did we lose the game so uh that's that's how I approached the that, that, that game and that that's how i I guess i' approached my whole career
0: yeah and and each season was kind of different I imagine I mean you had those those early successes you know we get toward um twenty seventeen I think maybe you know I, I don't know what the word you might use would be, but you know from the outside a challenging season I guess in terms of of resources in in Kansas City and obviously the team folding in the off season which i'm sure um you know was was a personal hurt for you i mean you're a kansas city you know adopted kansas city native you know everything chiefs everything right you're (laughs) um yeah yeah
1: i mean uh you you know kansas uh i guess kansas city is always going to have a special place in my heart uh you know from uh from the I, i guess uh from the moment uh I started until the moment I left, Uh, you know, there were so many good memories. And before I go move on, there's another moment that is very interesting that I think that, uh, uh, I don't know if I shared with you, but uh, I I think it's very interesting is uh, uh, right after the 2014 season. And, uh, we went uh, and celebrated with uh, with the team. I don't know if you if you heard that, but uh, yeah,
0: yeah, we were we were around the corner at the hotel. I I had Becky Sauerbrunn on earlier this year in the pod, and she said it was. I was trying to remember. She said it was Buffalo Wild Wings. It was. Yeah,
1: that is right. Yeah, so we were we were sitting in Buffalo Wild Wings, and we had about uh, twenty fans there. It was the team, and the team half of the team was not even there because they all you know they, they were on the plane uh, already going back to the, their homes. So we're sitting there, and uh, I was on the, on the table with Hugh Williams, and at that point was uh, Jill and Don. So we're we're sitting and just talking about the game and talking about different things. And right in the middle of the conversation, and I don't even know why why and how that happened, I turned towards Hugh and I said, "Hugh, we need to get here. And he looked at me and was like, "What what what, what is going on? Like what what are you, what are you thinking?" I said, "If." You, if you want us to win 2015, we need to get hail. Like, we need hail to win 2015. And, uh, he's like, can we just enjoy this, uh, enjoy this win for a little bit and we can talk about it some other time? And I'm like, okay, I, I just thought about it. Okay, think. So this, this is what we need to do. We need, we get hail, we win 2015. And uh, it was funny, but uh, two weeks later we were able to acquire uh, Hale, and we went on to win the the 2015. And you know, Hale had an unbelievable year and uh, had the you know assist for the goal in the final. So I thought that was a, that was another moment that uh, I felt like uh, was deciding moment or you know moment that I I will never forget uh, and uh, changed uh, I guess the, the path of Kansas City and my my career path, but. Uh, Again, going back Kansas City, I will you know I love them, love everything about uh, the the team, love everything about the city. So,
0: yeah, heyo Heather O'Reilly with the uh, the championship assist in twenty fifteen and and added to her uh, extensive trophy shelf, and uh, then the BSL title. So, um, well, I think that leads me to to something you know that you know you've been able to to call your shots. I mean, this is you know a bit of a trend. I'd say you know you you. I think you've reminded us very uh, humbly that you know back in the day, 2013 or so, you told us uh, us being, I guess, media, but just people in in general. Becky Sauerbrunn's the best defender in the world is going to be Lauren Holiday. Lauren Cheney's going to be the best player in the world. Um, and and you know, I think certainly they made their arguments. I think Becky in in that stretch, you know, for a while, certainly on the, on the defensive side. And and Cheney, I think probably could have played another several years, you know, and, and, been at that peak of the career. Um, and, but, but, you know, even from that to drafts or, or finding players um, recently with Bethany Balser and, um, you know, I think even to that first draft where, you know, Erica Timrak was a second round pick, I believe, and, and, you know, was playing with Lauren Cheney as if she was like her national team partner for a season at least. And, um, you know, and, and even this job, right. This was something that, even in that 2012, 2013, where you said I'm just starting to learn this this part of the ecosystem, that you know, one day I want to be at the top of it.
1: Yes, I mean, uh, first, uh, I have to say the the draft uh, is uh, something that we take uh, we take a lot of pride in, and uh, we enjoy it. And uh, you know for for the 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 way we we. Uh, enter this uh the, the draft or the way we go about the draft is there are 200 players or about 200 players that uh, that enter the draft with the hope that somebody is going to select them they enter the draft and they they take the time to do uh, their videos now and highlights and uh, and go through the process and everything and so for me it's like the least that i can do is just go through and uh, watch uh, watch the video so we we take it very seriously we we analyze it we we analyze the players we analyze the uh the, their careers and you know there's a there's a very detailed and extensive process of how we do everything uh on the on on our staff and uh I have to say, I mean, I'm very proud of uh, the selection that, that we've made. Uh, very rarely uh, we have had a selection that did not play uh, in the league, and uh, some of them uh, went on to, I mean, to start as a, as a third round pick or fourth round pick or second round pick to start and uh, and be uh, be starters right off the bat or be rookie of the year. You mentioned Erika Timmering, rookie of the year, Bethany bolzer in Seattle, rookie of the year. So. Uh, yes uh we're proud of it and uh you know we're happy that uh, we're able to find those players uh, that that sometimes are not the the superstars players that everybody knows
0: yeah i think i mean an ongoing challenge obviously to to make sure that um the different pipelines are are kind of viewed and and i think that's something that's been talked about before and and um you know probably is, is a conversation that'll be ongoing in terms of making sure that you know, there is finding talent in, in different places, but um, the, you know, we talked a lot about film too. And I, I want to make sure before we, we kind of end this that um, I know you're a big chess player and that, and that we've talked about it a little bit before, but for you, that what you're doing, you, whenever you have free time, which I imagine is not a lot um, you're playing some chess maybe, or on the phone, right. Is that, that translates into the game of soccer for you?
1: I mean, uh, I don't know if he does. Uh, I do love chess. Uh, I do love predicting the next move, uh, of opponent's next move. And, uh, I do like uh, predicting, uh, opponent's next three, four, five, six moves a- ahead. And, uh, I want to, uh, I want to predict what would happen if we do c- certain things. So, uh, maybe that's why I love chess. Uh, it just challenges me, uh, in a different way, but, uh, it uh, may it may have some connection with uh, with the, with the soccer game.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I want to ask you quickly too. Just um, we've got a delayed Olympics. We talked a little bit about the camp coming up at the beginning of this pod, but you know, just for for looking ahead a little bit, you've got you know, in one way, you have an extra year to prepare, right? But you also, I don't know if you lost a year, but it was a strange one at at the very least. So. Um, does this delay does it change your plans at all is it is it kind of the same thing I mean it certainly would seem to affect you know where players certain players might be in their careers or who's kind of in form who's who's not injuries all of that
1: uh it changes definitely changes but uh it changes uh the fact that now we have a little more time to prepare for it uh, absolutely uh we're gonna dig a little deeper and uh and go into more detail in certain things and uh uh get better i mean uh, i i've i've said all along this team doesn't need reconstruction this team is a world cup champions but they do need to evolve they need they need to get better and this is not me coming in and saying okay now uh you need to get better this is that, that that would be regardless whether if Jill stayed, I'm pretty sure she's gonna try. She was gonna try to uh, uh, better the team. Any, anybody else that got in, into uh, into the job was gonna try to get get this, get this team better because as we know, other teams are not staying where they where they're at. They're getting better too. So we gotta be ahead of the curve. We gotta be ahead of them. We gotta we we gotta set some trends. We we, we, we gotta be innovative and uh, we we gotta get better so that's uh, that's what uh, that's what this year gives us. it gives a, a little more time to get more detailed uh in the different areas uh, of the game and uh, get better at different areas of the game but now going uh going to um to the back to the to the seniors and what does it mean for them i'll tell you what uh, i would not count uh, those uh senior players out i mean uh we're talking about some world class players players that have been uh, they've been through some uh, tough times and came out and uh, came out uh, on top uh, some resilient and greedy players that uh, that know how to fight and they know how to how to uh, win big games and uh, i uh, i can tell you i believe they still have some uh, big games in, in their feet.
0: Uh, and you know one player I want to ask you about that, that you talked about maybe extensively already on that that call that you did for for the camp announcement, but um, Katerina Macario you know in camp with you all, um, you know obviously still some uh, she 's got the citizenship now, which is a, a, the biggest step, I guess, but still a couple things to to kind of sort out and there 's obviously no games right now, but maybe just in more general terms, I mean I think anybody listening they 've heard a lot of the the, they've seen the headlines and you know seen some of the clips and that but just in in short I mean what is so exciting about her as a player
1: right so so first with Katerina you said uh, logistically she she you know overcame a big hurdle in getting that um, getting that citizenship and uh, the, there's still a couple more uh, small, uh, smaller hurdles uh, getting a passport petitioning to FIFA to get approval so uh logistically uh she's on her way but not quite there yet and uh, i'm very excited very happy for you for someone that has gone through the through that path uh of getting a citizenship. i know how tiring and how exhausting sometimes the process can be but uh very very happy for her to take a new chapter in her life but uh from the um uh from the from the game uh, looking at, uh, looking to looking at her as a, as a player in the game uh she she's an incredible player right well you know everybody knows how uh, you know how good she is and that, that she she's a special talent but I, again i w- i want to say that the uh, international game is a little bit different than uh, playing a uh, soccer, soccer, right we know she's great we know that uh, she she has this flair that makes her different uh, she has this uh, uh, creativity and ability to to do some uh, s- some neat stuff on the field, uh, whether it is uh, assisting or scoring goals, and uh, I hope that uh, that what she has and what she she has done on uh, on the field in a college game can translate uh, on the international level.
0: Well, uh, the the news of the hour there, I guess, and, and uh, you know a year ahead with Olympics coming up, hopefully. Knock on wood, cross cross her fingers. Uh that it yeah. happens um, and, and hopefully uh, I know, you know, some of that was made public in the, the meeting that there's the hope obviously for a traditional 2021 calendar, I guess, a January camp and what she believes and I'm sure you're, you're hoping for the same to to get some games back soon.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, we need games. Uh, I know the players uh, need games. I know that uh, we as coaching staff need games. So hopefully we can, uh, we can get back to normal as soon as possible.
0: Well, I, Vlako U.S. Women's National Team coach. Uh, I think a lot of people obviously excited to, to hear your story and, and probably draw some inspiration as, as coaches out there, or maybe just any field really of, of uh, you know, setting some goals and, and obviously uh, getting to the top. And now, you know, obviously, I'm sure you're embracing the challenge of being there and, and keeping the team there and um, fighting those, uh, those battles at this level. So um, thanks for joining me on, on Kicking Back.
1: Jeff, yeah, thank you very much for for having me. Uh, you've been great uh, uh, all along my career and uh, supporting uh, supporting me, my teams, and uh, women's soccer in general. Very thankful for everything that uh, you and your organization are doing.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Lachuk. You've been listening to Kickin' Back, a podcast by The Equalizer. If you like what you heard, and we certainly hope you did, please go ahead and rate and review this pod. The more you do that the easier it is for other people to discover this show and hear compelling stories from some of the most interesting people in women's soccer keep an eye out for our next episode when we kick it with our latest guest